You are listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, the life coach for busy dentists. This podcast explores how to feel better in all aspects of our lives so that we can be our best leaders. If you have been feeling stressed about being the owner of your practice and you want to change what you are getting at work and in your personal life, you are in the right place. Well, hi there. I'm Dr. Laura Mock. Welcome to the 30th episode of Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. I am so happy that you're here today, uh, ready to learn a little bit more, make your life a little bit easier. That's what I'm here for. That's what this podcast is here for. I, I dedicate this podcast to all of you female dental practice owners who are just trying to make it through, you know, and um, I've been there and I've coached many of you and I know where many of your brains are at. So I'm just here to try to make your life easier. And the way that I'm doing that today is that I interviewed a very fascinating and well-informed woman. Her name is Adrienne Tweek. And you don't need to worry about spelling it. If you want to contact her later, it'll all be in the show notes. She is the co-owner of Bent Erickson, which is a dental HR company. And basically they can help you with your leadership needs as far as like compliance and correction and things like that. And we had a really interesting conversation today about not waiting to redirect your employees. So basically, how can we keep the atmosphere of your dental practice happy and engaging and caring for your patients in a way that um, reduces the stress on you and your team? So listen up to hear that, and I'd love to hear from you if this is helpful for you. I will continue to be making a podcast. It's been a year since I started, and now there's, I can't believe there's 30 episodes. I'm looking forward to the next 30. So listen in, do yourself a favor, listen all the way to the end, because it's chock full of good stuff to make your life better. Talk to you on the other side. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, I would like to welcome to our 30th episode of Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists, Adrienne Tweek. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks, Laura. It's my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and to share with you. And also, you're on the West Coast, right? So like, it's early there. Yeah, it's, it's uh, early morning, but you know, might as well get up and start the day and, and hit it hard and fast. So it's great. That's so true. So Adrian, you are the co-owner of Bent Erickson, which is an HR company that's just for dentists, correct? That's right. We, uh, we work with all healthcare professionals, but our, our majority of our clients, probably 98% of our clients are dentists and we have clients in all 50 states. So dentistry really is our niche. That's great. So I have to be honest with you, as soon as I hear the letters H and R put together, my heart does this little freezy thing. <laughs> like, I'm, like there's a little dagger there reminding me that um, being an employer is hard. Yeah. I have to say that I've asked many female dentists what they think is the hardest part about their job. And almost every single one, not everyone, but most of them say that the hardest thing is being an employer. Yeah, I I would agree. We we hear that a lot from um, not just women but men too. But women, I think, may take it more 
on the chin sometimes because we want to be so good at everything that we do. <laughs> and, you know, being that leader in your practice is challenging because you, you feel everybody's emotions and everything that are, that's going on. And truly, we all want everybody to be happy. We want our team to be happy. We want to create an atmosphere for our team so that they can not just succeed and survive, but they can really thrive. So we feel that weight on our shoulders uh, as the leader in, in our practice and in our business. Absolutely. I agree. And I want to tell you something that I used to do. Okay. <laughs> Let's be honest. I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. It's about the thing that you said about wanting everybody to be happy. Mm -hmm. So as a woman and in the way I was raised both in my family and just culturally, I feel obligated, not just want, but I, all, I'm obligated to make everybody around me happy. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is a lot of times and especially I want to talk about like minor stuff in the practice when there is a minor problem that comes up during the day, I don't address it. Mm. And I think it's because I just want everybody to be happy. And mm -hmm. so I'll take a little notch off of my own happiness in order for everybody else to be happy. But there is a very dark side to my practice of doing that. That's such a big mistake because if I'm not happy and if that unhappiness grows, then by the time it's time for me to actually correct that thing, right? I'm angry. Right. And it has grown exponentially. And so what you end up uh, losing it over has nothing to do with the initial incident that happened, whether it happened six hours ago or six days ago or six weeks ago. We tend to push it under the rug or into the closet thinking, okay, it's not a big deal. I'm not going to deal with that. You just kind of keep shoving it away. And then before you know it, it festers and it grows and it grows. And the resentment that you feel because you're kind of dealing with that and suppressing it mm -hmm. just explodes. And um, it's, it's not happy for anybody at that point. So yeah. Right. Because if I'm correcting someone when I'm angry, which is one of the things I want to talk about, mm -hmm. if I'm correcting someone when I'm angry, I'm not doing anyone a favor. No. First of all, the employee is not going to take it very well. Second of all, I let myself be angry, which feels terrible. And third, if they're not taking it well, then there's this trickle down effect that they're, first of all, I haven't corrected them properly. So they might keep doing it or they might complain to their, in, their um, friends and coworkers and who knows what'll happen next. They might not treat my patients as nice. Hmm. They uh, might tell their friends, oh, Dr. Laura's crazy. Don't try to go work for Dr. Laura. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I want to ask you this because this is where your expertise is. What do you tell dentists about early correction and how to really talk about things before you're mad? Well, I think um, 
one thing that is really important to me, and, and I have this little uh, note to remind myself on my computer screen, it's what we accept, we teach. And so if you let those little things go by without correcting them and, and, and nudging the employees back on course, you're teaching them that it's acceptable to act that way. Mm. So we really go with a rule of thumb that within 24 hours, you need to have addressed whatever the issue is. That gives you time if you need time to kind of cool off and to gather your thoughts. That gives you some time to do that, but don't let it go past that 24 hour mark because then it becomes unimportant. And then maybe you might have the, um, the thought of, oh, well, you know, she's been okay since then, so I'm not going to address it. Or he really hasn't done it anymore, so I'm just gonna let it go. Well, before you know it, you've got this pattern that's being repeated, and why shouldn't it be? You've, you've not addressed it, you've not tried to correct it or bring it to the team member's attention, so they probably haven't even thought about it anymore. So whether it's that quick conversation in the hallway of, you know, Karen, this morning when we were working with Mrs. Smith, you did so-and-so, and you know, that really doesn't work for me, so I would really prefer you to do blah, blah, blah. It yeah. doesn't have to be a big powwow where you bring them in the office and you close the door and, you know, you make something big out of it. It's just a matter of that you bring it to their attention, you let them know what it was that you want corrected, how you want it corrected, and you give them kind of a, a guideline on the timeline, like next time this comes up, this is the way I'd like for us to handle it. So that you are, you're letting them know what the deficiency was, mm -hmm. you are telling them what you expect, by when, and if it goes into something that is a really big deal, you let them know what the consequences will be if that performance isn't improved or if that error isn't corrected. So the 24-hour thing, I think, gives us as business owners and leaders time to kind of regroup and gather our thoughts but you don't let it just linger and shove it into the closet or brush it under the rug. You deal with it, what you accept, you teach, and then you can move on. Oh my gosh. I just love everything that you said, especially the 24 hour thing, because me and I'm guessing most other dentists. So first of all, since what a lot of what we're doing is during patient care, we can't just stop right then and say, no, 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 you didn't use your checklist or you, you didn't do this thing. This is wrong. Mm -hmm. Actually have to have a separate conversation, which feels tiring at the moment, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's four 30 and we're finished. And even though it would only take two minutes, I just want to go home. Right? right. But if I have in my mind, for the health of my practice, I correct things within 24 hours and I do this for me and for my people. 
including my team and my patients, then mm -hmm. that's something that you believe about yourself. And a belief is just something that you tell yourself over and over again. So it's very easy. And if anyone wants help believing about yourself that you are someone who corrects things within 24 hours, let me know because I can help with that. But if we can incorporate that into how we manage, then we can take care of these little tiny things while they're little and while we still feel proactive versus angry. Right. And I love the steps that you went through. And it's kind of interesting because I actually have a free guide for any female dentist who needs a little bit of like step-by-step -step help in how to, um, how to correct their employees. It's, um, you guys can um, get onto my website later and just click on, I think it's get free stuff or something like that, but you can get your own guide and download it, but it goes through the exact same thing. So I, the only thing is that first you, all of the things that you said, but first I have the employee employer look at what they are feeling first, because like I said, our actions come from our feelings. And if we're angry, we're not going to handle it as well. So we, like you said, you were going to take a moment to cool off and look at what you're feeling before you step in there. But then it's identify exactly what they did that you want changed tell them exactly how you want it to be different next time. And also the effect of that was happened to the practice because of the thing that they did that you don't want them to. And then tell them what the consequences will be if they don't change their actions. And it doesn't have to be something threatening, but right. just like if you, especially if we're talking about small things, if, if this happens again, we're probably going to have another conversation. So if you don't want to have that conversation, then you can just do what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, a, a lot of times in practices, because uh, the, the dentist is overwhelmed and it does take a lot of energy, just like raising children, it takes a lot of energy to be consistent. And one thing about HR, human resources, is you have to have consistency in the way you administer your policies, your guidelines, the way your practice runs. Mm. Don't want to get into the um, weeds with discrimination issues or anything like that. So consistency is a huge, huge uh, foundational piece of how you're running that practice. And so when employees understand that everybody is being treated the same, everybody's being uh, treated consistent with all of the guidelines, the rules, and they know that if you tell them, if this happens again, we may have to have another meeting. And I don't think either one of us have, want to have to do that. So, and then you follow up on it so that if it does happen again, you have another meeting. So you are proving yourself as the leader of the practice that you are standing behind what you tell them. Mm -hmm. um, that's where your integrity shines through because you're, you're following up. If you tell them that um, if it's been something that you feel like is going to need another meeting regardless and you say, okay, Karen, I'm going to get back with you in a couple of weeks and we're going to, 
do, just do a progress check and see how things are going, then be sure you put it on your calendar. And in two weeks, you get back with Karen to check in. But it's, it's part of that energy and um, commitment that you have to have as the leader of the practice to follow up, to follow through on your word. And like you said, Laura, it takes a ton of energy and ego strength and um, just time and effort to be that leader so that your employees and your team will follow you as the leader. That is so true. But I have to say that on the other side of that speed bump of the energy that it takes to be that leader is a happy team who knows where they sit with you and is confident in how you're going to respond either way. And I want to talk for a minute about how valuable it is to have happy employees because, and I teach this um, a lot in my coaching, your team is the extension of you. And if you want your team to represent you with helpfulness and loving kindness and um, even consistency, like we talked about, then that's how we want to treat them. That's how we want them to feel in order to represent us well. And we can't just give them a list of the actions they're supposed to take, offer them a pillow, ask how they're doing, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't, you can't give a to-do list of treating somebody with kindness and respect and care. It's in generating that feeling for the employee so that they can then pass it on. Mm -hmm. And most employees who work in the dental community, they entered that because they want to be helpful. They like being helpful. So as we are the good leader that we want to be, then our employees follow and treat our, our patients the way we want to treat them, that we want them to Absolutely. be. I couldn't agree more. Um, we really feel like that your team is your uh, competitive advantage out there. It is not the technology. It's not... Uh, the great margins that you cut when you do a, pr- a crown prep, your, your patient doesn't, doesn't know about your technical skills, unless you hurt them, of course. <laughs> but, but mainly, they just know how they are treated. They know when they walk in the door that your receptionist, your team member that greets them is, hi, Mrs. Smith, we've been waiting for you. It's great to see you today. We're ready. Um, it's how when your assistant walks them back to the operatory, make sure, like you said, they have a pillow. They are not cold. They have a throw. They are adjusted just right. Whether it's that assistant, you know, just placing their arm on your patient's arm to just comfort them and let them know, okay, you know, we're here for you. It's, it's, that is part of what makes that patient experience great. So when they walk out the door and they have their walkout slip with them, they're not worried about anything that went on because they feel comforted, they feel cared for, they feel recognized and appreciated. And Laura, like you said, the majority of that is going to come from your team. It's going to come from how they're greeted and how they're treated and how they're made to feel. So yeah, you, you have to be able to display that for your team so that your team can 
pass that on to your patients. I couldn't agree more. Have you ever walked into like a business office or I, I find I, especially in the last decade, it's in a medical office that where I walk in and I'm like, oh my gosh, someone has been having an argument in here. Yes. Yes. And you cut, you feel like you can cut that tension with a knife. Like you said, you don't know who is mad at who or what was said, but you know something's going on. And it is the exact opposite when people are working together and they've got synergy and they're enjoying their job and they're laughing and talking. I know I managed a large group practice in the Midwest for almost 18 years. And we had a staff of about 33, 34 uh, team members. Yeah, it, it, but it was great because it didn't matter what time of day that it was. We had 17 operatories. There were five uh, front desk administrative people and it didn't matter what time of day it was or how the day had gone. You could always walk around that building and hear somebody laughing or joking with one another. And that was the glue that held everybody together because when somebody's having that off day, if you can kind of pull from that emotional bank account where you've got those relationships, then that's what makes the team strong. That's awesome. And you're right. When it's like, you just, you, you as a human, you have these like ESP sensors where you can mighty senses moods. And so, you know, if you walk into one of those offices or something where you're seeing those nonverbals of somebody who doesn't care or who's angry or distracted mm -hmm. as a consumer, I'm like, well, do I really want to, is this where I want to go for my care where obviously people aren't getting along or do I want to go to that place where people are getting along and happy and gracious and excited to see me, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I, I'm that extrovert. I want to be making connections all over the place, you know? So what I want for people to see or my listeners is that taking the time to get over that speed bump of now I'm going to make this correction early on creates that environment where patients come in and they're like, oh yeah, I like it here. I feel safe here. Right. That's one of the main things is how do the patients feel when they're there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do they feel after they walk into the parking lot? You know, do they feel uplifted and like, oh, you know, that, that group of people seem like they really enjoy what they're doing versus man, I couldn't wait to get out of there. It was like heavy in the mm -hmm. atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing that we encourage our clients and the people that we work with is, um, you know, you, you, you think about who you work for and the business that you're in. So it's not even just the employer or just the dentist, but it's everybody. Are you somebody that you would want to work with? And I know for a dentist and a practice owner, we like to have our clients ask themselves, am I the kind of employer that I would want to work for? You know, what is my reputation in the community as an employer, as a leader? Because those are key cornerstones of your practice is the way you lead. 
And John Maxwell has a ton of books on leadership that I just absolutely love. And one of his books that he published years and years ago were um, 21 Rules of Leadership or something like that. So one of the topics that he discussed was the law of the lid. And if, if you've read that book, you may remember that the lid on a business is the leader. And your employees, your team members are never going to grow above that. So as a leader, you're responsible for continually raising that lid. Because, you know, if you come in and you're consistently having a bad day or you're consistently in a bad mood, that's going to filter down through your entire staff, your team, and your patients are going to feel that. So it is important, Laura, like you and I were talking a few minutes ago, that you approach things with the right mindset. You, if you have to take some time and step back, from a situation to kind of regroup and get it together. That's what you need to do as the leader. And that type of mentality and the way you approach things will have a trickle down effect. That is absolutely true. And I, this is why I am a leadership coach because I am out here trying to help, especially females who own dental practices on their mindset which is something that happens automatically, but it can also be tweaked if you know how to do it. And so the coaching that I do helps people see what their brains have been doing, but also what they could have their brains do to help them with that mindset. Mm -hmm. But let me ask you a question because you probably run into this sometimes when you're talking to new clients about, you know, would you work for you? How's the environment there? If I said to you, Adrian. I want to be better, but I think I have one of those offices that's kind of heavy. What do you, how do you start to have that better environment with your people? I think it begins with conversation. It begins, the root of everything is communication. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether you have a team meeting and you just lay it out on the table and say, okay, folks, this is my perception of where we are. And then you invite feedback and it's not so much that it turns into a moaning and groaning session, mm -hmm. but it's feedback so that everybody feels heard. Everyone wants to feel heard and listened to and recognized, um, appreciated and valued for what they bring. So um, we use in some of our, our training workshops, we use the five languages of appreciation Mm -hmm. which was built off of Gary Chapman and Paul White's book, uh, Five Love Languages. Mm -hmm. And it's the same basics, the foundational principles of that whole thing, learning to communicate with each other. And when, when you understand the communication styles and how people receive and give appreciation, then you can start building on that. But I think that Every, every type of issue that you face like that has to begin with the common ground of communication. And people need to feel heard. They need to feel listened to. Mm -hmm. And then that's, you may have to completely tear things down and then start building it back up the way you want it to be. 
And sometimes, Laura, that means that you may have a team member that is not going to be a fit for what you need in your practice. And that really brings you down to the crucial decision of, okay, is this person a fit? Um, do they need to go somewhere else to find a better fit for them? Mm -hmm. And that's probably one of the hardest decisions that you have to make is making sure that you have the right people on your bus, but not just the right people on your bus, but in the right seats. But when you're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on in the practice, you have to start by having that communication and laying out what you feel is going on and then just talking about it and start building from there. I think that if we had to summarize what you just said, it would be like the first step is to listen to your employees. They might be seeing things that could be improved. They might need to hear thank you. They might need to feel like you actually respect them, which starts with a conversation. Mm -hmm. When I, um, when I like making big changes in the practice or um, checking in with the with the employees, I like to do that one on one, um, so that I can sit there and listen to them. And even if they're saying something that I don't agree with, I like to write it, take notes, and take the active listener part, and then say back to them what they're telling me. Just because you say something back to someone doesn't mean that you agree. You're you, so you can say so. What you're saying, employee, is X, Y, and Z. Is that correct? And as soon as you say that back to them, it like lifts this burden off them. They're like, oh my goodness, she's listening to me. Yes. And then they feel heard and they're open to the next step. Right. I agree. I agree. And that so many times that comes into play if and when you're doing performance evaluations. Mm -hmm. um, but anytime that you're having a conversation with one of your team members, it comes down to where sometimes you just have to back off and do uh, the, the formula of you're listening 80% of the time and you're talking 20% of the time. There are times like you just explained that you let the employee express the concern or their viewpoint, their perspective, and you repeat it back to them. You may not use the same words or phrases, but you repeat that idea and that thought back to them so that so many times you'll see that little light bulb go off, just like you said of, mm -hmm. oh, she gets it. Oh, he gets it. Okay. And yeah. then the communication really starts happening because yeah. they do feel heard. They feel understood. Maybe they feel acknowledged. Um, you know, appreciation recognition goes a long way when, when there's a, a communication gap or there's an issue there. So I don't think that that can be uh, emphasized too much. Mm -hmm. I just think that's, that's the core issue. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like when you say back to them what they just told you, they can so quickly go from defensive, which is not a useful emotion when we're trying to change what they're doing, if they're defensive, they're going to dig in their heels to listen, heard and appreciated. If they're feeling heard and appreciated, they would be happy to change some things for you. Mm -hmm. 
they would love to be more helpful. They're a helpful person or they wouldn't be there. That's right. And so it's managing that conversation and listening to them, expressing their gratitude, which opens up like the vault to actually being able to generate some change. Yes, I agree. I agree. There is a, a huge factor in the recognition and appreciation component that goes into relationships, not just in our personal relationships, but our professional relationships as well. And let's face it, we spend a whole lot of time with those people that we work with. Maybe, maybe things are a little bit different now because some people are working remotely and, and you've got different dynamics, but historically in, in a dental practice, you're sitting knee to knee with people eight hours a day in right. a very small area, working in a very tiny area. Mm -hmm. So you better have good communication and good um, relationships with that person because the person that you're working over that's in that dental chair is going to pick up everything. everything. That is such a good point. <laughs> we were talking about the ESP, you know, mm -hmm. and the patient's the third person in the room. We're mm -hmm. all here occupying like three square feet. <laughs> so we got to make sure the air is clear mm -hmm. and we're treating each other with respect and love for the sake of the patient, nobody yes. else. Yes. So let me ask you this. So if I have listeners here who are like, you know what? I like the way Adrian talks. I want to hear more. What, where do they go next if they want to talk to you? They can um, email me at adrian at benterickson.com. Adrian is A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E -N -N -E at bent, B-E-N-T. Erickson is E-R-I-C-K-S-E-N.com. Mm -hmm. Our office, if you want to give us a call, is 800-679-2760. And we would be happy to speak with any of your listeners, answer questions, uh, whatever we can do to, mm -hmm. to help. That's great. And I'll make sure those are in the show notes so that people don't actually have to stop what they're doing and write those down. Okay. And then if anybody wants to download my guide, my step-by-step -step guide for correcting employees, go to the lifecoachforbusydentist.com and click on, I think it's get free stuff. It might be get my free guide. It's the only free thing on there right now. So you can you can download that and get started. Like if you need help getting over that speed bump the first time you're going to have that conversation, then just get the guide out because it really helps you gather your thoughts before you have the conversation. All right. So I just want to thank you so much, Adrian, for taking the time to give us such excellent advice. Is there anything else you want to say before we sound off? No, it's been a pleasure to be with you, Laura, and uh, the information that you're putting out there is so valuable, and I know that your listeners really appreciate it, and uh, I thank you for the opportunity to be here and share with you. Well, thank you for your kind words, and we will see you soon, I'm sure. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. To download my free workbook on how better leadership starts with your feelings, go to my website, thelifecoachforbusydentist.com.
and click on Get Free Help. 